0: I do want to talk about prayer next Sunday night at 6. We had called a night of prayer. Pastor Norm just felt like we needed to rally together and come in and intercede and pray. And then we got some news about Bob Cooley. And, you know, we don't have to accept the news, do we? No. We need to pray, we need to fast, and we need to intercede. And right now I'm asking you to lift him up this week. Um, He's gotten some diagnoses that I'm not going to agree with, but bone cancer was one of them. And we're not accepting it. I don't, I won't, God can do miracles, amen? So that's what, it's going to be Miracle Week this week. And maybe you have needs too, but could you come next Sunday night at 6 and join with us in prayer? And it should be pretty powerful, I believe, especially if you take this week, and pray and fast. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, come see me, call, and I'll, I'll, I'll share a little more about it. But just take this time this week to get on your knees, to believe God for healings, and to believe God for big things at this church. Amen? Okay. Well, today, like I said, my message is on resting in Jesus. And the first scripture I have is from Psalms 51:12, saying, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And I just want to do that. You know, I know some of you have grandkids. Some of you are around a lot of kids. I just have to share what Evangeline, our granddaughter, did again. They came up this weekend, and she is so precious. And Andy and Sarah were telling me how when they tuck her in at night... She had, they went from the bottle to the little sippy cup, and Andy had her in his lap, and they were talking, and he goes, you know, Evangeline, you need to share things with Jesus. So she lifted her sippy cup up and says, God, do you want a drink? And then she said, go ahead, it's okay. <laughs> Isn't that how we should be? Lifting everything up to Jesus, because when you lift everything up to Jesus, the peace comes. And just to top it off, go ahead, it's okay. It just stuck with me this week, today. I just thought, that is so powerful. And you know, I've noticed a lot of people around me that are struggling. They just seem to be wiped out. Have you noticed that lately people are tired of walking, I'm just so tired, and I'm putting myself in that category. I've caught myself doing it. We get tired. We get weary. The word burned out, I hate that word. Sometimes we get burned out. You know, I want to understand, sometimes we, have to, we get to that point, and then we think, oh, yeah, I need to pray. It's sort of like when you lose your keys. And you're looking all over, and then you finally stop and say, okay, Jesus, Lord, will you just show me where my keys are? And boom, you find them. You think, why didn't I pray to begin with? Why do we wait till we're totally exhausted to bring God into the equation? We need to rest in Jesus, rest in restoration. So if no matter what happens in your life, Jesus has it covered. You know, I think we pile a lot of responsibilities on ourselves that not necessarily God has put on our shoulders. And we feel like we got to help God out, and he doesn't want our help like that. It really isn't necessary. And I did put a quote on Facebook this week that said, when God put a calling on your life, he already factored in your stupidity. <laughs> I thought that is so true. He, he knows every fiber of your being. He knows you're going to screw up when you screw up. He knows that I'm going to say things I'm not supposed to and that people are going to laugh (laughs) because that's just me. He already knows what I'm going to do. I just need to walk in his security and in his rest. You know, there's a difference between sleeping, what I'm talking about today, and resting. When I say you rest, that doesn't mean you go take a nap, but you might need it. But when you rest in Jesus, you can do all sorts of things. And you're rested. Amen? Amen? So if you're feeling a load on your shoulders, I'm really hoping today you can learn how to knock that load off. It's that simple. It's so easy. But we always wait till we're at a point where we're just totaled out to say, Okay, God, take it from here. So the first thing... It, that I want you to realize is restoration. That's kind of a different word, isn't it? What I want you to, what I kind of took away with that is your priorities. What are your priorities in your life? We have in our home and in our life, Pastor Norm and I, our three top priorities are God, family, and church. If you've got those out of order, you're not going to be rested. And a lot of times we have to stop and say, okay, how are our priorities going? Have I put God first? Have I got my family? And have I done church? Those are, it's just a given that you need to do that. Matthew 6:33 says, Seek first his kingdom and in his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You know, there's a, I didn't have time to put it together, but one of our teachers last week, Sarah, actually did this experiment with the kids where you take the big glass bowl and you have ping pong balls that represent all the stuff you like to do in life. Playing, doing your work, and all this. And she poured those in the thing. And then the bird seed, no, it was first. The bird seed is all the stuff in life. The ping pong balls represent God and godly things that you should be doing. So she poured in the bird seed first and tried to mound the ping pong balls, it wouldn't fit. But when you put God in first and then pour the bird seed, it all fits. If we can remember that lesson in our own lives, I've had people sitting in my office going, I can't do ministry, I've got this going on and I've got that going on and I know God's blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, hold it time out. I really want you here at church doing ministry. But if your life is that complicated, why is it? What are your priorities? And when you're taking things in life and putting them above what God wants you to do, what's going to happen? And not going to fit. We are, and it's so easy to, We can even put church stuff in there and not be doing what God really, really wants us to do. So, watch what your lives you're putting in. You know, I had some examples in here a lot of times. Parents, I'm trying not to step on your toes, but I'm sorry. I've seen it for so many years. When you're putting kids' sports and ball games before church, what is the precedence you're sitting? for your kids. I am not saying your kids couldn't, shouldn't be in sports. I am all for it. I love football. I love it all. But when it starts affecting every Sunday that they're in a game, every Sunday they're in some other city for a sports event, what are you telling your kids? What's more important? Sports? Sports? I know it's, and I believe it's okay to miss once in a while. I don't think you'll ever hear Pastor Norm and I say, you need to be in these doors every time the doors open. Absolutely not. You take the time you need to rest as long as your priorities are straight. But when you start missing more church than attending, you're in trouble. And the other thing is sometimes we make, and I think we either sang it or, Bill, you said it in the offering, when, when you start making money versus spending time with your family, when that's more important, you're missing the mark. God's going to bless you when you put your family first. The three priorities, God, family, and church. So when you're feeling pressured, you're feeling like the world's caving in, or you feel like just you're not what you should be, Guess what? Do the priority test. Literally do it and say, okay, am I, oh, wait a minute. You know, I really didn't. I was such a hurry this morning, I forgot to put God first. It's so easy to do. But when you get things in the right order, then you're going to have a peace. And I'm not saying you're going to mess up once in a while in these areas, but you stay on track, just like anything else in life, when you make habits It'll stick. We need to stay connected with Jesus on a daily basis. And when you put your Bible study on the bottom of your list, it's going to hurt. It should be first because you want the Holy Spirit with you all day. Amen? I can remember when I got born again and our kids were little, I learned about the armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6. Let me read it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all these, take up the shield of faith, which extinguishes all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that when I speak, words may be given me so that I will also fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Put on that armor of God. I had it memorized. I had the kids, I made them do it with me before they took off for the bus at school. Some days they didn't like it, but I didn't care. I wanted them with the armor on and I wanted them with that hedge of protection around them. And I knew when they walked out they were protected. Now up on the stage are two oranges. One is peeled and one isn't. And to me that represents the armor of God. When you've got your armor on you're going to float. When you walk out without your armor you're going to sink. And I know all of you don't forget to put your clothes on in the morning and walk outside naked. You know what? That's funny, isn't it? It's just, it's absolutely absurd. But in the spirit realm? Oh, I didn't have time to pray this morning. You're walking out in the world naked to the spirit realm to get you with the fiery darts. Does that make sense? It is so important to put that armor on. It is so important to start your day out to get up early to maybe set that alarm. Moms, I couldn't do that because every time I would try to get up early, and it was usually little Andy, he would pop up out of bed, Mom, I'm hungry. And I seriously giggle to this day about how far I went with it, that I would roll out of bed, Crawl down the hallway on my hands and knees because in his crib, if it was at eye level, he'd see me. So I at least had a fighting chance to get somewhere to pray on my hands and knees through the hallway to the living room. And I'd sit down with my, before I could even sit down, Mommy, I'm hungry. I was like, How do you do this? I even would lock myself in a bathroom downstairs, hoping he wouldn't find me. Mommy, I'm hungry. <laughs> So what I finally started doing was setting the alarm for 2 o'clock at night. I would get up, I would pray, I'd go back to bed, and then I'd wake up in the morning. And I felt like I had gotten a little extra sleep. It was like, you know, I I did some, I almost felt guilty, I felt like, I because I got to go back to bed. But I wanted God's best in our life. And I knew I needed to pray. And in the book that we're kind of having a class on right now with some of the people at church, and it's called Acts 2, The Journey. He talks about when a church starts kind of going, and and kind of dying, you can look at their prayer life. Prayer is key. Prayer is so important that if we don't make prayer a priority, we're not going to make it. We can have all the programs, all... And, Roger, you're awesome at worship. We can have the best worship. We can have the best greeters and ushers. But if we're not praying, we're in trouble. So we are really feeling that we need to ramp up our prayer time as a church. And as you as individuals need to ramp your prayer time up. And that's how you're going to get rest. By putting on that armor and praying every day, you're going to feel connected to the Holy Spirit. You know, I've had so many times where I've had a discernment only because I'd prayed that day. And it doesn't happen very often, but I've had it when I can look at somebody and know exactly what's going on in their life, and it can freak them out. It freaks me out, too, <laughs> because it's not something I want to know. But God knows, and he wants to show his power. He wants to show his power when he uses someone like that to speak out and say, you're in trouble. You better get it right with God. And sometimes, most of the time it's encouraging when you know they're struggling. I talked to a, a young lady who's in ministry. She's not from around here. And I believe she's going through some depression and there was just no talking to her this week. And it broke my heart. And I was like, you know, There was nothing I could say to make a difference. So I prayed with her, and I said, you just close your eyes. And I said, over the phone, I am giving you a big hug. Jesus is hugging you right now. And I could feel the peace going through the phone. I'd love to say God touched her at that point. I'm not sure, but I know God's going to move in her because she's got people praying for her. And sometimes when we're with people that are so exhausted, that are so spent, there's nothing you can say or do to change their mind. There's nothing you can do to lift them up. They just need to know Jesus loves them. It's so important. Depression is a nasty thing. It's a word a lot of people don't like to say. But I know it can be overcome. But it takes rest. And you know, when you physically don't get rest, you don't do well. So when you spiritually don't get rest, you're not going to do well. And I see a lot of people who are spiritually not rested. So take the time to get into the word, to put God first, church, then family. And begin your day putting that armor on. If you've never done it before, just get Ephesians chapter 6 out, read it, memorize it. You know, the kids do it, the breastplate of righteousness. I gird my loins with the truth, put on the helmet of salvation, pick up the sword of the word and the shield of faith. I mean, make it fun if you have to, sing it out. But see what God will do. I challenge you this week. If you're struggling, you want to see a difference, you put God first. You study the word and you pray and see what God will do. You know, does this mean when you're doing this, you'll never have any pressure or any problems? Absolutely not. But it does mean when you do, you'll have a peace and a rest. When you start putting your walk with God first, you'll see a difference. Take time to breathe and rest when you need to. Which comes to rest. Matthew 11:28 28 through 30. come. To me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke light upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is. You need to find times for rest. You know, I got this iPhone watch from my sister for Christmas last year, and I'm not very technology-minded, but... All of a sudden, it would go ding, ding, and this thing would go breathe. And it has like this blue snowflake thing that blows up. Breathe. I thought, that's the silliest thing I've ever seen. I thought, you know what? I'll just try it. So, about three times a day, it says breathe. So, I sit there and go, okay. Some of you have probably been in my office when I've done this. I said, oh, we gotta breathe, we gotta breathe you know what, it feels really good. It really does. It makes a huge difference. So I have learned to breathe three times a day, physically. <laughs> and it's like Whoa. Now I breathe a lot when I work out. That's not the same kind of breathing. But it made me realize we need to breathe spiritually. So when I get that little ding, I think, and not only I'm breathing, Physically, I'm breathing in Jesus, saying, Jesus, vitalize me. Jesus, get me through this next minute. Jesus, get me out of this phone call. No. (laughs) Okay, sometimes, I have to be honest. (laughs) But it's really important. And again, sometimes we have to do more than just breathe. We need to soak. We need to take some time with Jesus, that kind of rest and that's hard. If you're wired like me, it doesn't work very well. And I'll never forget my best friend, Jeanette, when she tried to teach me how to soak. She sent me all these really cool soaking music, what they call soaking. And all that means is you get in place by yourself, you put on some really good praise and worship music, and you sit there and you say, Jesus, I love you. I don't know what it is you have to do to soak, but it was not easy for me. So I was like, okay, okay, I got the music on. I got my Bible out. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, hey, I wonder what kind of duckwork that is up there. I wonder if they have gas or electric. Why do they put that tape on there? Does that go through the doors? I mean, my brain will not shut off. It's in every other direction, and I had to, you have to keep pulling it back to soaking. So if you find yourself doing it, you really, really need soaking. Now, I have learned to soak. Matter of fact, sometimes I think I'm doing it too well now. It's really fun when you fall asleep. And oh, I got the excuse for that one. This is good. If I fall asleep while soaking, it means Jesus wants to talk to me in my dreams. (laughs) So it's perfectly fine if I fall asleep. Yeah, amen? I like that. And it works. You wake up so refreshed. It's like, oh, Jesus, thank you. Now, again, some of you can't do that all the time, but I highly recommend you get some soaking time. And if you find yourself looking at everything else around you and thinking about, you know, it's like putting a sermon together. Today I didn't have to deal with it because I didn't have enough time, but when I know I'm doing a sermon, I have the cleanest carpets, I have the cleanest walls, Norm gets the best treats, because you think of everything else you should be doing instead of studying the Word of God because you don't want to do it. <laughs> it's hard to put a sermon together. So I would, I'll be sitting there going, I never noticed how dirty those floors were. I better get that cleaned up right now. I can't, I can't study until my floors are clean. So soaking is important. You learn to spiritually get into a place where you can connect with God. And that might be 2 in the morning. And if you're saying, oh, I'm just too busy, I can't do that. Priority test. You putting God first? If God put a ministry on your mind and tells you to do something, but you're not doing it because you're too busy with everything else. Are you saying God missed the mark? Wow. Well, I hope I'm not stepping on toes, but then again, I hope I am. God is so important in your life. He is going to change everything. I'm believing in Bob walking up here with a testimony of being totally healed. Throwing that, you know what? Could we, could we burn that oxygen tank in like a bonfire? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going too far. Sorry. Focus, Barb, focus. <laughs> you want to take time to soak. It is... It's so important. God is really talking to some people here today. I know you're exhausted. I've heard some of your your cries. I I know there are some of you that have done everything you can possibly and you don't understand why God isn't moving. Could it possibly be because you've taken the load and put it on your shoulders and you're not allowing God to do it for you? Most of the time, when we're so overwhelmed, without peace, without joy, it's because we've done it to ourselves. And I'm talking to me, too. I get so burdened sometimes for this church family. And I know I went through several months of just, I was ready just to pack up and go. I couldn't I didn't want to do it anymore. But you know what? I finally figured out I needed to rest. And I got I got away. I prayed and the Lord shared with me. He pro- prophetically shared with me things that were happening, things that were coming against us. He had broken that the unity in this church is so strong. Nothing is going to penetrate it. Woo! you got to get excited about that. And guess what? After that happened, everything hit the fan. <laughs> We've seen a, But you know, get excited when things get riled up because that means the enemy is fighting even harder to get into your lives to make you give up. And it's not worth giving up. There's nothing in this world that's going to take your place with your relationship with Jesus. And you got to stay in there one day at a time. If you're struggling right now and you're just saying I can't even go one day, one minute, just take one minute at a time and just step with Jesus, soak and rest. God's got it for you. He wants to do it. He wants you to have that rest and that joy and that peace. So right now, can you just take a deep breath? It's time to breathe. Let it out. Time to breathe. Doesn't that feel better? Especially if you let the Holy Spirit just overwhelm every fiber of your being. Father God, right now I pray for that anointing. God, I pray that those that maybe even are thinking, she's weird. God, you just show them. You just show them how real you are. It's not me. It's you, Jesus. So do a miracle miracle power in this family today. I thank you and praise you, and I just look forward to the testimonies how God has done a miracle work in their lives. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the first thing you got to do is know Jesus. Jesus Christ has taken everything that you don't want that has come on you. He takes it and you just have to give it to him. And when you do, and you believe that Jesus Christ did it, that he died on a cross for your sins, and on the third day he rose, and he's in heaven making a place for you. You know what that's called? Salvation. Salvation. That means you got it, girl, you got it, guy. All you have to do is take it. And people are like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't do that. Well, why not? I don't understand. God is moving, and he wants to be part of your life. He wants to be the best part of your life today. So with every head bowed and eye closed, I want to know, is there someone out here who has never said, Jesus, take it, take it all? I don't want it anymore. If that's you, can you raise your hand? I see that hand. I see that hand. God's ready to take it. Are you ready to give it? I need everybody on their feet. I want you to raise your hand and say, Take it, Jesus. Take it. Jesus. Take it. Jesus. Think take of those things that are bogging you down Jesus. the finances, the health, the spiritual weariness. Take it, Jesus. Take it, Jesus. And thank you, thank you Lord. for replacing it for replacing with it. peace. Joy and an ever-growing love for you in Jesus' name. You, Lord. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Got Jesus. a song, Roger. Lord, we just want to go out here just singing for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, again, I just pray again for this crowd, this family. Yes. Lord, just touch them big today, and we give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.